Shomrabyog. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Collecting Issues, where this week we'll be taking a look at Sensational She-Hulk Volume 1, Collecting Issues 1 to 9 of the 1989 series from John Byrne. A very good, Benjamin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Collecting Issues, the bi-weekly comic book book club, and also the bi-weekly kink-shaming book club, Whose Kink Is This? Where this week, Ben, we're taking a look at John Byrne's kinks. All of Johnny B's kinks. He's got them all out there in the air, Benjamin. And you know what? Who are we to who are we to blame him, Ben? Michael, I'll not lie. We're not we're not the ones to be blaming people now. We're not the ones to be blaming people. The weird shit you're into, you can say nothing to John Byrne. I don't think that's true, Michael. No, I think John absolute- Byrne has a litany more odd little things in his closet of Canivory. Yes, Benjamin, but they're now also all in your closet of canivory because I saw you reading this and you had to have a little sit down. Michael, no, I didn't. That's a lie. I had to have a proper <laughs> sit down. Uh, so full <laughs> sit down because you're tired because you're in your 30s. I'm in my 30s. My knees hurt when I stand too much on the tram. Your knees hurt and it was a hot day out and this was a heavy comic book, Ben, because it's nine issues collected in this. Oh, what a heft, Michael. You'd want to be so a hook to give it an L lifting. Many issues, Ben. <laughs> so many. How did we even get through it? Benjamin, what's going on? Why are we reading this? Who even is She-Hulk? She-Hulk is Jennifer Walters, Michael, the superhero lawyer extraordinaire. Go on, there's not much lawyering in this. There's not much lawyering in this at all, Michael. John Byrne went, no, I've got a big green Amazonian woman. I'm not going to make her be a lawyer. Yeah, no, I'm going to make her do sexy stuff. I'm not, yeah, fuck that. I'm not, I'm not wasting my time here with bloody court procedure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legal no documents. Hmm. Uh, but initially, you know, the initial She-Hulk run was run as a, oh, how can Jennifer Walters possibly balance her high career with law and also be a superhero and also fight the raging beast that is a Lady Hulk? Oh, Benjamin, this doesn't sound terribly interesting. Not really, Michael, because we'd seen it before. It's, it's an L. Bruce Banner. Come here to me, Ben. Listen to me for a second. Listen for a second. I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. It's 1989, and I'm coming to you, and you're John Byrne, and I'm saying to you, John Byrne, look, we've got this She-Hulk character. She's not doing great stuff for us. Well, what have you got for us? And John Byrne just goes, oh, well, uh, tell you what, let me do whatever I want. Yeah, I think he was from Canada, eh? From Canada, eh? Let me yeah. do whatever I want, eh? Yeah, very good. Whatever I want, eh? And then, and yeah. then... I'll make you a comic. Very good. Benjamin, and he did do whatever he wanted, didn't he? Because there's no rules in this. Oh, Michael, this is the weirdest comic that we have read in a long, old time. Benjamin, this comic is famous for its metafiction. It's breaking the fourth wall. It's, uh, she knows she's a comic book character. She's walking outside the panels. She's flipping people off and stuff, Ben. It's famous. It's renowned for it. She's doing all kinds of things, Michael. There's a few risque jokes in there as well. Go on. Go on. She gets she gets titillated quite a bit by the danger on occasion. There's a few there's a few oddly placed mmms and oohs oh, from that's just Jennifer Byrne, Walters. And you're there that's, going, that's just John, John Byrne. That's just what he's up to. But Benjamin, <laughs> a lot of people John. a lot of people give a lot of credit to Deadpool. But I tell you what, Ben. There was no match for this in any of the early Deadpool stuff when it came to fourth wall breaking. Michael, this is playing by its own rules fast and loose and it's it's so casual, Michael. It's so <laughs> flippant with the rules of what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. In fact, there's more than one character that does this. Multiple characters are doing it. 
And what you'd say about Deadpool is, Michael, one of the drawbacks of, of Deadpool is he knows he's in a comic, but he never interacts with the comic on that level. Go on. He's, he's occasionally given his intro screen, which is a, a kind of late 90s invention of comics where the character would introduce themselves again at the start of the comic and recap what happened in the previous issues. And in those, Deadpool kind of shined because he would be given his fourth wall-breaking opportunity to say, I, I'm Deadpool, and it, this is this is what I did last week, and boy, am I in a pickle this week. Mm. That's my Deadpool voice, by the way. Very Sorry. Good. Yeah, 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 it's not great. I apologize to everybody involved, including Ryan Reynolds. Please forgive me, Ryan. And if you'd like to sponsor the podcast, we'll do an aviation gin commercial. Yeah, or just buy the podcast, Ryan Reynolds. Buy the podcast. You're you're mad for bloody underdogs and clapped out old clubs like Wrexham. Yeah, just buy FC. it. Buy the podcast. Replace Mick and Ben with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. Oh, that will be, be great. It'll be grand. The Collecting Issues, the bi-weekly comic book book club with Ryan they, Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. They've already done that, unfortunately. Oh, the cheek of them. Yeah. Well, they don't need to buy uh, But anyway, page. what I was saying was, yeah, he was given an opportunity, but they were almost like staged opportunities at different points. Michael and what we get here is just a casual disregard for the logic of comics a casual disregard for proper linear storytelling <laughs> yeah yeah casual casual disregard for plot casual or, or, disregard for basically anything Ben or maybe Michael it's a form of hyper linear storytelling because oh, one of on. the things that struck me is whenever they they cut to a side plot or a subplot Michael She-Hulk mm. has to wait around yes very good there are there are several sequences where She-Hulk is like oh you're back oh good okay let's get on with it um, one of my favourite panels in the entire comic is where her and the Toad Men are on like a five minute union break <laughs> yeah they're just chilling they're just chilling out waiting for us to come back brilliant stuff oh, I have to say I enjoyed it. It's mental. And plot is a word that John Byrne has not heard of on this particular occasion. Benjamin, of all of the things we've ever read on Collecting Issues, the Bi-Weekly Comic Book Book Club, and I think it's around 80 things we've read. I don't know what episode number this is, but it's pretty high up there. And uh, this is the one with the least amount of effort to have a story. And you know what, Michael? I don't hate it. No, I don't hate it either. I thought it was great, but it doesn't have a story. This is your classic 80s comic books. Go and buy a comic book. Doesn't matter if you read the last one. Doesn't matter if you're going to read the next one. Just read this. Put in the bin afterwards. Go roll a roll a a hula hoop down a hill with a little stick. There's a certain part of me that genuinely believes that, that John Byrne is reliving the glory days of his youth. Go on, Benjamin. Who is this John Byrne fella? This John Byrne fella, Michael, is Yeah, who is he? This bloody agent of chaos, Ben. He's very famous, Michael. (laughs) Never heard of him, Ben. (laughs) Get out of here. I'm doing a conceit, Benjamin, for the podcast. (laughs) So where you've heard of him, where I've heard of him, Michael, is the Uncanny X-Men. And we've covered the Dark Phoenix before on this podcast, and that's one of the places where he's shone, Michael, one of the stories that he really hammered in. Was that not Chris Claremont? No, Chris Claremont was the artiste. Oh, very good. He did the story. Yeah. Oh, wait, it could be the other way around. Oh, no. Yeah, it probably was. Probably was. John Byrne was a good L artist. Got yeah, a lot yeah, done he's good his at day. drawing. Yeah, he's good at drawing. But that's where that came in, Michael. And then he got an L run on the Fantastic Four, um, and he kind of darkened up the Fantastic Four. He kind of gave them gave them some teeth, so to speak. Oh, really? Go on. In 1981. And uh, a lot of that work was to go back, because by that stage in 1981, Michael, the Fantastic Four had become quite convoluted. Oh yeah, as comics can tend to get. Um, 
And his run on the Fantastic Four from issue number 232 to 295 in July of 1981 and ending in October of 1986. Quite a long run, a Hickman-esque run. Yeah, that's quite long will. by comic book standards, Ben. Yeah, he. it's generally considered to be the the second golden age of the Fantastic Four. And that was very much what Byrne was going for. He had. A, he, I have a quote here, Michael. Would you like to hear Oh, it? I love a quote. No, I hate a quote. That's what we established you last week. hate a quote. That's the conceit that we came back. His no, goal with it. that Fantastic Four run, uh, run, Michael, was to turn the clock back, get back and see fresh what it was that made the book great at its inception. And I think if we were to apply that quote logically, that quote, Michael, which is a mm. comic book quote, that quote logically to She-Hulk. That's exactly what's going on here. He's making comics very fun again. That is the stated goal of this, Benjamin. It's to make it funny. This is supposed to be funny on purpose. Yeah, he says it's a funny comic, that he, and he really hammers that point. There's a, a wonderful kind of there's two, there's a couple of sequences here that I really like. There's one where he's arguing with his editor in post-its on the margins of the comic, you know. Very good, yeah. So one is like, we'd normally, oh, what was it? Kirby and Lee would have given us a, a cosmic explosion by now. A great cosmic spectacle. A great cosmic spectacle, and all we're getting is popcorn. And then he shows the the Martian invasion. He goes, ah, what do you think of this? Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, terrifying. And the editor says, not bad. But then he keeps pushing. I really like those kinds of things. Because you know it's just John Byrne writing all of that. <laughs> He's just writing it all, Ben. There's no one else involved. He's just having to laugh at himself. Because he, he draws it as well, Michael. There's He's nobody here but John Byrne's own satisfaction. He's just having a great old time, Benjamin. Benjamin. Yeah. I feel you've done yourself a disservice there by not doing the quote in a comedy John Byrne accent. And, Benjamin, I wouldn't usually be all for doing comedy John Byrne Canadian accents, eh? But I feel a. if anyone has left themselves open for comedy accents after this comics, it's the writer John Byrne. John Byrne. Because I tell you what, he loves the putting an Italian in a comic. Oh. Now, Michael, th- that being said, 1988, not an enlightened time altogether. <laughs> He's putting a lot of Italians. He's putting a lot of Australians. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, there's, a, there's a few slurs, Michael. As, few uh, slurs in, our famous, in our famous WhatsApp segment, hark a slur. Benjamin, uh, some of your favourite <laughs> slurs are in it this week. We seem to be... Not my favourites, Michael. Nice try, though. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> we seem it. to be really loading up the slurs yeah. <laughs> on, on the latest episodes. We had the F-bomb last uh, two weeks ago in Paper Girls Volume 1. Yeah, but that was, that was much more on purpose. That this, was an ironic F-bomb, Michael. These, uh, these slurs are just because it was the 80s. Yeah, well, the 80s. Yeah, yeah, but at least it's the bad people doing them. She-Hulk's not doing any slurs, Ben. She-Hulk hasn't got a slur anywhere. She's slurless in Seattle. Very good. Benjamin. Yes. Let's take a very quick look at it. It's, it's, it's kind of mad, isn't it? That first story where she gets hypnotised by the ringmaster. Oh, and there's, there's, a, there's co- a few kinks. There's a few John Byrne kinks in that, Benjamin, and we all know there is. Everyone is always getting sexy, sexy hypnotised. And But, look, Ben, that's nearly irrelevant because she gets painted as a as a white woman with ginger hair, another John Byrne kink, yeah. and um, just, like, steals a little bit of pocket money from people. Yeah. Look, it's it's real golden age stuff, Michael. You know when criminals the, the the most the most masterful thing a criminal could do was to to rob hard working Americans of their cash. Yeah, from their pockets at the circus. Yeah, and 
you know, all Americans went to the circus back in the day. Mark. Everyone in the 80s was just going to the circuits with pocketfuls of cash. Who didn't love a circus and a hefty wallet, a hefty billfold. Exactly. And a big muscular ginger woman turning you upside down. Benjamin. And it introduces Michael the headman. Yeah, they're weird. I don't think it does introduce them. They were defenders baddies. Yeah, they were defenders baddies, but it reintroduces them. And Michael, I have to say, there's a heaping dose of We Grant M. Doom Patrol, you know, take your pick of the classic weird meta comic book characters. Mm. Oh, the, the headmen are right up there, Michael. Benjamin, Ruby Thursday is one of the weirdest characters I've ever seen in a comic book. Ruby Thursday with her magic ruby head. She's just got a big round plastic head. That's all it is. <laughs> That's her special power, Ben. She's got a weird plastic head. And it's actually stated as such. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. I don't like her, Ben. I wish she would go away. She does. Um, she gets she gets beaten by She-Hulk. Mm. But then we have other examples there, Michael, of, you know, even Negan, the the strange gorilla man. You know, strange there's, gorilla man, Ben. There's little hints of woke culture in there from John Byrne, Michael. You know, uh, Ch- Chono, Ch- Chuono, the, the psychic... What? Whatever his name is, the weird yeah. fella. He wants to be in a man's body. And Negan yeah. says, you're no more a woman than I'm a man. It's in the mind than I'm a yes. gorilla. It's in the mind, Chuono. Very good, Ben. There's, there is some weirdly relevant stuff to today's <laughs> yeah, world. There's a it. lot going on. There's a couple of weird panels, all right. There's another panel where they meet the, the kind of the Jetsons later on. And one yeah, of the, the characters says, or the, yeah, the O-somethings. The, the O-rockets. And someone just says, they spent the last hour lecturing to us about fem- the sexes being equal. <laughs> and I thought to myself, you know who won't like this? Ben Collopy won't like this. What do you mean the sexes are equal? What exactly. do you mean? Exactly, what do you mean? She-Hulk can beat up anybody. Ben. Yes. Um, yeah, but there's, there's, there's no such thing as a plot, because the first one is those weird head people. And then, by the end of it, some other mysterious hench criminal organisation is trying to get She-Hulk. Yeah, Dr. Bong. Dr. Bong is after <laughs> Benjamin, Dr. Bong. Where is he after coming from? What's going on there? Who the fuck is Dr. Bong? Dr. Bong is straight out of, um, as you said, Doom Patrol. Yeah. It, uh, it's bizarre. Do- Dr. Bong, the, the psycho villain. I guarantee you John Byrne's partner at the time or wife was telling him to go to therapy and he was like, I'll show you what therapy is. Therapy is a weird doctor that'll throw you into the telly. Benjamin, that episode, that issue itself, that weird we're going into the telly universe. Yeah. That whole thing is very Neil Gaiman, Warren Ellis, Grantiem. Uh, it's, it's straight out of re- we Grantiem. Benjamin, and is, is is John Byrne from Canada, is he imitating that British wave of weirdos? Or so are they John Byrne is a British-born American comic book writer. Is he not Canadian? Uh, no, I, I don't think he is. I think you've oh, decided think, he's Canadian. And we've assumed he's Canadian there. You, you've assumed he's Canadian. I just didn't have the heart to tell you. You have assumed he's Canadian, Ben. So you oh, could do a funny accent. Classic Ben. <laughs> classic Ben. So he's a British-born American writer, Michael. So I think, you know, he has that British sensibility and, you know, I, I can't guarantee that that's the case, but his some of his early life was lived in the UK, so maybe he absorbed too much Monty Python as a young fella. Mm, there's a couple of Monty Python references in here. There is a few. In the immortal mm. words of Monty Python, uh, I, I, I got better, as yeah, yeah. Ruby Thursday says. Fucking exactly. Ruby Thursday. She, I assume she's British. <laughs> ben, yeah. Yeah. what about that space episode? 
Oh, Michael, where She Hulk goes to space, you mean? What's she going to space for? No reason other than John Byrne likes to put women in space. Everyone's going into space now in their underpants. In their underpants. Ah, oh, the, there's some there's some John Byrneisms, Michael. And I I did originally say, you know, why would you cancel this after nine nine episodes? You know, why would you why would you get rid of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it selling? It. Uh, I don't know. I don't have the figures, Michael. You're the figures man on the podcast. I am the the research guy. I'm just going to say, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It probably wasn't, Michael. It was probably too weird. It was probably too out there. Sorry, I've just hit my microphone stand there, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to be awful. That's all right. I'll edit it out, Ben, and I'll have to edit out you saying that as well. So, as I was saying, Michael, before I was rudely interrupted by your editing comments... <clears throat> oh, God, now I have to edit that out. I know, I got you twice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to edit this the podcast... I'm going to edit this whole podcast just down to, hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, <laughs> welcome back to Collecting Issues. That was a very good comic, wasn't it, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, so good. So what we talk about then, Michael, is, you know, it didn't sell, obviously. It didn't do very well. It's become a cult classic in its own right. It might influence, it looks like it's going to influence some of the new She-Hulk series on Marvel TV. Benjamin, there's not a chance this is going to really influence the, the She-Hulk show. Not really, but it's probably going to do a bit of fourth wall breaking, maybe. There'll be a bit of fourth wall breaking. There might be a character or two who know they're in a TV show. I would be surprised if they even went that far, though. Because mm. it seems to be taking it for its influence. Ben, all we've seen is a couple of snippets from um, from from trailers. It's but true. It seems, to be taking, it seems to be taking for its influence more of Fleabag than this. Well, I think, I think it's, you know, I think it's very convenient that Fleabag is so hot right now. Fleabag's so hot right now, Ben. But Fleabag doesn't really make light of the fact that it's a TV show. Like, the the main character Fleabag doesn't say, oh, welcome back from that ad break. Yeah, no, um, she doesn't do any of that. No, she just talks to us like we're her inner confidant. Whereas if you're going down the this version of She-Hulk, then she's going to be telling us it's time for an ad break. She's going to be asking us if our Disney Plus subscription is up to date. She's going to be recapping what happened on the last episode. Can you see that? Do you think they're going to go that far? I I think the rules are off, Michael, for what Marvel's going to allow now. I think I think they're in their pasta phase where it's chucking stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Just chuck it at the wall and see what happens. You know, because Ben, there are there are bits of this where it just breaks the rules of comics. I know we've said that already, but talking about Doctor Bong, yes, Doctor Bong traps her in a meta universe inside a TV. Yes. And destroys the only way she has of getting out of it. Yes. And then she gets out of it by breaking the rules of comics. Yes. And just punches through the pages of the comic to get out. Not a bother. So she metas out of a weirdly meta situation. Like other shows will do a weird meta episode. Ben, have you ever seen the television show Supernatural? I have, yeah. I've seen it quite a bit, yeah. Supernatural did an episode where they got trapped in TV. Yeah. But they didn't break the rules of TV to escape from TV. No, they had to beat the baddie. They had to beat the baddie. But yeah. She-Hulk just skips it. She nopes the fuck out, Michael. <laughs> she just goes, nah, I'm not having it here. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to break the rules of the whole media. Yeah, you're all right, John. Don't worry about it. I'll sort myself out. I'll get in my underpants as well. I, I will. Yeah, so, I mean, you know... Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of that going on. One of the interesting characters, or one of the most interesting characters, I think, that we're introduced to is Wheezy. 
Wheezy's very interesting, Ben. Wheezy's very interesting. So Wheezy is a very clear uh, parody, homage to Etta Candy. Yes, from Wonder Woman. Yeah, Etta Candy was the kind of Gal Friday character for Wonder Woman in her early days. Mm. And she's kind of the best friend of Diana Prince. And she's either... She's either played for laughs as a very overweight woman who kind of swings her fists around on occasion, or she's just Diana's very capable best pal. Hmm, depending and on the version. She was in the film, Ben. She was. She was. She popped up in the film. and I She think was played by s- Dawn from The Office. She was played by Dawn from The Office. Uh, and one of the things that we see a lot in this, Michael, is, is pastiches of those famous comic book moments, you know. And Wheezy is a parody of that, but it's all about characters that get forgotten. And Wheezy has kind of written herself back into comics. Again, Benjamin, very Grant Morrison, very Warren Ellis. Yeah, she's realised very, very quickly what's going on and said, well, I won't be having any of this. I'll be back in comics soon enough. She lost her husband, though. I felt very sad about that. Very sad. Very Very sad moment. There are, like, very strong moments here on occasion, Mike, where you're just like, oh, oh, Jesus. There are. There are, but then there are whole things which have no emotional weight whatsoever Not because because they don't follow any of the rules of resolution. Like, for example, the thing with Zenmu, Ben, your favourite character, Zenmu. Oh, yes. Is that his name? I don't know. I don't know how to the, pronounce it. The big white yeti fella. Zenmu. Let's call him Zenmu. I think it is. Or Zenmu. Whatever check, his name I'll is, Benjamin. He, his, no one really resolves his plot. There are a lot of deuses in a lot of ex machinas in this, Ben. Look, plots don't need to be... There are a lot of deuses coming out of a lot of ex machinas. There are stacks of ex machinas, Michael, being deist. Yes, On exactly. the reg. What's his name? Uh, I can't find it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's call him Zenmu, whatever his Zenmu name is. Zenmu will do nicely. It's the big white yeti fella. Big white psychic yeti. He recently appeared in The Immortal Hulk. Yeah, so that's something I wanted to talk about, Michael. The, the headmen and the weird experiments, very sensational She-Hulk. Yes. Um, and they, that, that kind of tone pops up a lot in the Immortal Hulk. Tone? So, sorry, that kind of imagery. Sorry, you're right. I, I completely botched that one there. That kind of imagery, as in like the weird amalgamated people and the experiments happening in the background and mm. weird, obscure, Silver Age villains just <laughs> popping out popping of the woodwork. Up. Yeah. There's a Actually, lot of you know that. what? Yeah, you're right. There are a lot of similar situations and concepts, but almost the opposite tone. Yeah, one is played deathly serious. Yeah. And the other is played for pure shits and giggles. Absolutely, just complete and utter shits and giggles. But yeah, you're right, actually. Benjamin, I, that the whole scene where... Um, your favourite panel of the whole comic, Benjamin, where it turns out that there was a tiny little head inside She-Hulk's neck. Well, that was mental! That was bizarre. Why? Yeah. Why is that there? Why did they go through that? That was another just weird deus ex machina. I've written myself into a corner here. I'm just going to back out of it and say she, they never cut her head off. She was just in a box. And they made a clone of her body and that's what they did. (laughs) Did they bollocks, Ben? No, did they bollocks, Michael? Why? Why would they do that? <laughs> because he had four pages left and said, "Ah, oh, shite! I'm just going to wrap this up." It's, it's time to wrap this up, ladies and gents. It's all over. Hmm. It had your favorite uh, guest character, Benjamin, the Spider Man. Spider Man pops up there and he's having a great old time. That's the happiest I've seen Spider Man in a comic book in years. Yeah, yeah, he's just having a grand old time because nothing's about him in this one. 
Yeah, nobody's going to die from a snapped neck in this one. Yeah. Benjamin, why why has this had such a lasting influence on pop culture for such a relatively short run? What are your thoughts and theories? So I think it's... I think, number one, it probably arrived at a time just before the heavy render era of comics. Go on. And the heavy render era of comics, the very serious attempts, you know, we got Thor in mega armor and Captain America in mega armor and, you know, everything was very serious and muscly and pouches were all the rage and, you know, you got all that. pouches, yeah. This is kind of the last joyous hurrah of a... I won't say a purer form of comic, but a simpler form of comic. You know? Right. Because after the 90s, what we get is heavy canon comics mm. where yeah, yeah. the lore of comics becomes a central conceit and, you know, writers, for better or worse these days, play with each other's canons. Huh? Mm. Huh? And we have mm. to tell them, lads, put that away, you're at a comic convention. Don't touch my canon in public. Don't touch my canon in public. What do you Only think you private. are, John Byrne? John Byrne, I'd say John Byrne's been done for touching cannons a few times. <laughs> but come here to me. What I mean by that is you have the likes of Jason Aaron's run on The Mighty Thor. Yes. And then you have the likes of Donny Cates who come in, take the Necro Sword from Gore the God Butcher and give that a brand new lore yes. to back it up. And again, Michael, you can, you, can like, you can love that or hate that, but it does lead to a convoluted hot mess. Hmm. There's a lot of lore going on. Like, Jonathan Hickman's run on Fantastic Four created a multiverse worth of reads. A whole bloody thing, Ben. In fact, leading to a whole bloody secret wars that's probably going to be the inspiration for the next generation of Marvel movies. And that's what I mean. So that, that convoluted canon, that, that, that simplicity of wrapping things up is gone, for better or worse. And there always has to be a way to lead into the next plot arc or, you know, something like that. So I think this might be remembered so fondly because it's a very, it's a very pure form of that simple comic book storytelling. Mm. And it, you're it, like, it is right on the cusp of the modern era of comic book art as well. Yeah. Like it looks and feels like a 70s or 80s comic. It looks and feels like Squadron Supreme. Yes. Or Doom Patrol, or it doesn't look and feel like Cable or X Force or um, the kind of anime influenced comics of the nineties, like X Men, and it doesn't look like not at any all. Of that. There's it no looks... elongated anatomy or anything. There's there's very solid comic book storytelling in a classic style. You could you could very much say that it looks like the pinnacle of the kind of golden age, not the I suppose the silver age style. I, I have to say, I loved the art in this, Michael. I thought it was really very, clean and really consistent, and I really liked it. Very good. Very, very good art, Ben. The action is great. One of the things that I enjoy a lot is that, And I Go guarantee on. you John Byrne was sitting at home going, ah, fuck it. Because he's following that logic a lot. He, he probably knew by issue five that he wasn't getting more after nine. You know what I mean? But a lot of the action happens off screen. <laughs> Most of it happens off screen. And I kind of like that, Michael. I kind of like that John Byrne was like, no, fuck you. I'm not doing it. I'm just going to draw a sexy She-Hulk. Benjamin She-Hulk, her, She-Hulk herself is very sexy and um, she's always in her underpants. So, but, yeah. but, but, and speaking of butts, yes. <laughs> I thought it's like, it's faintly titillating. Yes. But in a very innocent way. There yeah, I mean, it's... 
It's classic hot under the collar comics. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's not like the nineties where you're getting close ups on people's crotches and heaving impossible bosoms facing the opposite way, so you can see someone's bosoms and arse at the same time. A woman clad only in leather straps. Yeah, there's none of that going on. No, and there's there's quite a few entertaining little plays on that as well. Like at one point, Wheezy says to her, "How is your how is your blouse not damaged?" And she says, mm. "Oh, check the label," and it just says Comics Code Authority on her Very label. Very clever. And I was like, Very "Yes, clever. yes, John Byrne." No, Very no, no, no. Well Very played, amusing. John. Very good art, Ben. Very good art, Michael. Um, just uh, such an enjoyable comic, Michael. It was just fun to sit down and read the fuck out of that comic. You just kept reading it. You just kept going, Michael. Nine whole issues, Ben. Not a deeply satisfying experience. Not a kind of edge of the seat, what's going to happen next. But fun. But one a very enjoyable most, one, Michael. One of the most just simply fun things we've read in a while. And I'm all for it, Michael. I'm delighted. Benjamin, I'm all for it too. It hasn't left me desperately wanting more. Uh, well, that's just as well, Michael, because sadly you wouldn't get any. Um, oh, no. Steve Gerber took over writing duties from issue 10. Okay. And, uh, yeah, the artist was replaced as well. Um, so Steve Steve Gerber took over as the writer. And then... What was the other one? Yes, go on. I'm just trying to find the gentleman who took Whoever over as the, the artiste. Arts, yeah. Sorry, this is terrible podcasting. Excellent podcasting. Um, no, it, it isn't excellent podcasting, Michael. That's the problem. Benjamin, no one can blame you because I've sprung this on you in the last few minutes. You didn't know we were doing anything about sensational shit. I was so prepared. We had a running order, Michael. This is why we have a running order. <laughs> Who is it? Uh, Who I can't it, find it. Who did it? Doesn't matter. My computer is frozen. It anyway. <laughs> we didn't read it anyway, Ben. Yeah. We didn't read it anyway, but you wouldn't want to be reading it, Michael, because from then on, from those original sensational She-Hulk 1 to 9ers, mm. what we got was a very, a return to form. Oh, um, no. And someone who didn't really understand the joy of the fourth wall break like, like John Byrne did. Like Canada's own John Byrne. Like Canada's own John Byrne. So it's a bit of a shame. Um but look, I think again, may- maybe it's a you know a brevity is the soul of wit kind of gig. You know, those mm. nine issues have crystallised now as a perfect wee run. A perfect wee run, as Grantie Morrison would say, Benjamin, and the definitive sensational She-Hulk story of all time. Not story, because it's barely a story. Run, run. Yeah, I think it's I think it's fair to call it a run. Ladies and gentlemen, come here to me. She meets Santi, and he's horny. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Mick. He's always obsessed with being horny over Santa. (laughs) I'm not horny over Santa, but Santa's in it and he's horny. Mick doth protest too much, I think, listeners. I'm like a little horny Santa, Ben. Mick is now talking to himself because he doesn't realise that I'm addressing you, the audience, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, he's got all fourth wall. I'm doing a bit, Michael. I'm doing a bit. Um, Come here to me. Come here to me. Go on. on. Come here to me. Go on, I'm listening. What do you think, listeners, of the sensational She-Hulk number one to nine? What did you think of it? Did you enjoy it? Yeah. It was a good old time for you. It was a good old time yeah, for yeah. us. We really had a great old time. You can get in touch with us in a few different ways to let us know what you taught. You can find us on www.shomrabiog.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means tiny room in Irish. Sort of, maybe a little bit. You can find us on Instagram at sure... Oh, no, that's the wrong one. At Collecting Issues. <laughs> no, 
That's collecting issue. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Don't you step on my bit. It's, it's collecting issues. Is it? At collecting issues one? on Instagram, you can find us on Twitter at collecting yeah. issue. We've only got the one and it's John Byrne. Um, oh, yeah. You can find us uh, on there as well. We do actually update that now. There is actually content on There's all content. of those. And you can check Ashamed out our other ben. episodes. There'll be plenty of She-Hulk content over the course of the week. So give us a follow on either one of those. But ladies and gentlemen, Yes. If you want some classic banter, if you oh, yeah. want some comic book capers, if yeah. you'd like a perusal of the panels oh, live yeah. and in charge, you can find us on the Discord. It's linked down below. Hop up on it, Benjamin. There's chats going on all the time, except this week it's a bit quiet because everyone's on summer holidays. Summer holidays. It's August. Uh, right, that's it from us, ladies and gentlemen. You can join us in two weeks' time if you haven't had your fill uh, when we'll be taking a look at Animal Man, Volume 2. Finally, we're always threatening to do it. We'll see if we get it done this time. I don't I'll believe. Will. I'll believe that when I see it, Ben. <laughs> I'll believe that's it when it I see it. That's it from us, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now.